Hi, this is Justin Haley driving the number 31 College Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCR Race. Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. This is Sam Mayer. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian. Brian Nolan. This is the week of June the 20th, 2023, and the second half of the season begins now. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Back from a break from the bye week, I am your host, Mr. Brian Timothy. 19 names Nolan, according to this guy that I'm going to be joined by. On this week's edition of the program, we're going to be having Michael McDowell, the driver of the number 34 car for Front Row Motorsports. He's going to be joining the program. And the man that I got to hang out with, one of my favorite humans, not just in the front stretch community, but just in real life. Mr. Danny Peters, he's going to be joining the program. We're going to be diving into Sonoma and so much more. So let's just hit this green flag and kick things off. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Well, good to see you, mate. Um, thank you for having me on again. I will definitely be uh, upping the Venmo that I sent <laughs> you for that lovely intro. And I feel like you forgot a couple of your names there as well. Do you, do you, do you, okay, do you, let's just get this let's just get this out of the bag. Okay, tell them the story of the 19 names because only only a couple people get it. If you just join us, Danny Peters, our, our star photographer, also just a, uh, a fantastic a contributor to Front Stretch. Uh, he, he created another nickname for me while we were together in Sonoma. So tell our listeners why you think that I have 19 names. Well, so as I suspect some of the listeners will know, we do a weekly series with Front Stretch called Post Race Conversations. And, you know, this week you are the host and you are generally a really, really good host. You do a great job of kind of bringing it all together, setting things up. But for some reason, after the Sonoma race, maybe the boys had had some post-race wine. I'm not sure. Can't confirm or deny that. But we just couldn't get it right. And we kept on having to to stop and re-record. And Brian would ask the wrong question to the wrong person. And it would be like <laughs> a whole thing. And and the problem was, like, when you record this thing and he does his intro, um, you know, he starts off with, you know, hi, I'm Brian, Timothy, every other name that's ever invented on God's Good Green Earth. <laughs> No, then take so long because then he'll 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 get he'll get the first question wrong and then we'll have to go back through it and it's a whole thing. But I am happy to be on. It was really on a on a serious note, and there won't be many in this this podcast. It was great to um it was great to spend time with you at Sonoma. Um, always fun to see your face and also those those other two boys, Jack and Jack and Stephen, our sons. I think as they are because they're so young. <laughs> I just love you, Danny. Hey, you you were keeping me sane the entire weekend. It, it was an absolute uh, joy with you and Steven, as well as our Formula One uh, extraordinaire, Mr. Jack Swansea. But I, I want to dive into Sonoma because for the fourth time, one behind Jeff Gordon, Martin Truex Jr. went to victory lane. And although he may not be the best at other road courses, he seems to have figured this road course out. What is it, Danny, that fits his driving style so well? 
Yeah, it was his it was his fourth win. Um, he got his fourth win in 2013 in the Michael Waltrip Napa car, which is wow. In the back, I think I think Jack and Stephen were about six at that point. But uh, <laughs> he's he's also tied for the it's most most wins in his career at a particular track, tied with Dover. Um, and I think you know Sonoma's a, a precision track. You got to hit your marks around that 12 turn course and. Truex is, is a precision driver. And typically when he's good somewhere, he, he tends to stay good. And, you know, he's obviously figured something out at that course in particular, and he knows what to do. You know, he knows where his breaking points are. He knows when and where to push it. Um, another thing I'd say with, with Truex in that win is Toyota have looked a lot stronger on road courses this year. They were They were out to lunch all last year. They've obviously got a better package, you know, as evidenced by Tyler Reddick winning at Coda earlier on in the season. So with them looking better, um, with it being a track that, you know, he knows and, and loves. And, you know, there was a quote by him um, afterwards. He said, I, I know I can navigate around this track. Maybe I'm not the best driver at this track. I don't know. Maybe someone else could go a tenth of a second faster in my car than I do. And then, he, and then he said, I, de- I doubt that I could, but that's possible. So confidence, I think, is a, is a huge factor for him there. And just the, the type of driver that he is, that precision driver that he is, hitting his marks lap after lap. Led four times for 51 laps. But the big story, I think, coming out is for the first time since the stages were created, there was no stage breaks at Sonoma. And that was that that had a lengthy green flag run to start. The first caution came on lap 51. And then there was only there was only another caution that was when Denny Hamlin uh said it become a ping pong ball and bounced from one wall to the other heading to the start finish line um but other than that Danny it was just kind of a vintage Sonoma race since 2016 and that's not really a good thing so what has to change for this racetrack have a good race because I mean we were talking about this at the end of the race was the last time there was a good race at Sonoma I think Tony Stewart's last win I mean it's been a long long time and this is a fantastic area it's a great San Francisco area um, and they need a racer so what can they do to make the racing more competitive before I answer that, I'm just going to kind of pick up on the point you were just making. I, I do think one thing I always feel when I go to Sonoma is that there are just great vibes. Mm, you know, it's a track where you see a lot of kids, a lot of families, um, and, and people are just happy to be there. You know, really immaculate vibes. It's this beautiful venue, you know, carved into a hill in the middle of of kind of the, well, it's right at the start of wine country. And so, so it's just a beautiful setting, but you know, you're right that the racing hasn't been perhaps as exciting as it could be. I don't think it's been necessarily bad. I just don't think we haven't seen a, you know, a barnstorming race like we saw since Tony Stewart uh, knocked Denny Hamlin out of the way in turn 11 to win what turned out to be his 49th and final race. Um, so, I mean, I think the problem with with a track like Sonoma um, is that there are really only two passing zones, right? It's turn seven and turn 11 and i think ideally you need a third passing zone you need somewhere else on the track that they can pass because ultimately if you want to pass in 11 you've pretty much got to set it up in seven as you go down through kind of eight nine and ten and if you're not set up in in seven you're probably not going to get there to to make the move in 11 so i think there's a couple of things you could 
they they could make those barriers, the tire barriers in eleven, a little bit more permanent. You know, th those are kind of movable. So if they were a little bit more permanent, perhaps that's an opportunity. But the other place I think where there's an opportunity there, even though as a photographer, it is an amazing shot, is is turn four. So when they come come around down the hill around turn four, and they literally come right at you before they sort of scoot on. But I think there's an opportunity there, maybe to look at track limits because they've got that big what's a Toyota sign actually, but that big pain in the sign where they can kind of put their wheels on and get some, get some traction on, on that paint. And perhaps if, if there were, I don't know, some kind of track limits, maybe it's a question for, for Jack Swan song, as you called him on one of the <laughs> post-race conversations. I call, I called him Swan. I called him Sweeney because Sweeney, that's, that's yeah, right. that, that's, I was like, Swan song. I've never called him that. We'll call him that with Jack Swanson. But, you know, maybe I think that that's an opportunity. And then, you know, just one last thought, you know, what this this last couple of seasons, they've been running that shoot, but and they were in the two races before that running the carousel. That didn't really prove to, to give much more an opportunity for passing, but I think it's something worth mentioning. So I think really maybe that turn four is the opportunity if, if there were some kind of track limit, it was, you know, you didn't have that ability to kind of slide off into that paint and kind of arc it round. Maybe that would, that third passing opportunity would, would, would make a difference. But I will say one, one other thing on this is, you know, a couple of times Turex was, you know, a little bit further down the field, you know, obviously he led, led most laps on the day and was the dominant car, but, but there were times that he had to make passes and he did make the passes. So it, it is a track with a good car that's possible to pass at. But, you know, in this era, let's not forget, passing is harder than it's ever been. And at a track that's hard to pass, that's not perhaps the most potent combination. Any final thoughts, Danny, on Sonoma before we go with our interview? I guess two final thoughts. One would be what a victory for Almirola and RSS Racing. Um, Larson was kind of doing a Max Verstappen and running away the field. He'd been, you know, a, a second faster than everyone else in practice and quality and quality says my F1 reference qualification. And, oh, Lord. Um, but, you know, what a tremendous win for him. You know, Almirola took, took advantage of a late caution, got the track position and you know, held off Larson and and forced him into a mistake, which is you know not something you see very much. So, so I'd say that. And then, and then the second thing on on a personal note, shout out to my four year old Theo, who I took to the track. He was most excited to see Lightning McQueen. He hugged Lightning McQueen. He walked under the barriers and hugged Lightning McQueen <laughs> and then set up all his little cars, cars, cars from the movie Cars by Lightning by the big Lightning McQueen, but. We were walking around and the historic Trans Am cars were, were lined up and, you know, I pointed Mike Joy out to Theo. Mike Joy, who of course races in one of those cars. And, you know, Mike Joy saw Theo and then being the good guy that he is, like tried to give Theo a fist pound and Theo completely ignored him, which was <laughs> point number one. And then and then Mike Joy was like, hey, you know, hey, would you like to sit in a race car? And, and Theo, who loves cars, absolutely adores cars, sleeps in bed every night with 30 of them um said looked at looked at mike joy considered it and was just like no and then that was it that was all he said not even a thank you not even a thank you just a straight <laughs> straight no and mike joy was kind of like okay i try you know <laughs> so so mike on the off chance that you're listening to it thank you for being kind to my son maybe let's ask him again next year and he will want to go in the uh in your beautiful beautiful ride so 
yeah, I guess those are my, my, my two last thoughts on Sonoma. Fantastic way to end this segment. Danny, stay right there, buddy. When we come back, we're going to be diving into my interview that I conducted with Michael McDowell. Now, folks, that is not the program driver of the number 34 car. Former Daytona 500 champion, Michael McDowell. Michael, first, is that ever getting old? Huh. Having your name as a Daytona 500 champion? No, definitely not. Never gets old. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, it's one of those things that you always remember. But um, you also feel like you got to get another win and now's the time right so you, you never want to fall back too far on it now obviously last year fantastic year uh this year it feels like your finishes haven't been as dictative as what you guys have really ran in yeah. obviously just two top tens what all has gone wrong basically at the end of these races yeah i, th- I don't think it's one particular thing you know i think that um uh, I mean, if you go back, you go individual races, I can pinpoint all of them, but some of it's been bad luck, some of it's been a lack of execution and penalties and tires falling off and getting spun out. And uh, But I feel like our speed in our race cars has been has been good. And, uh, you know, it's just, we just got to get on that that streak of putting together solid races and gaining some momentum. And felt like we, we did that last week and uh, hopefully we'll have the ability and the speed to do it again this week. Um, but yeah, just all in all, it hasn't quite fallen together, you know, like it did last year. Um, but we still got a lot of racing left. So um, I'm, you know, happy with where we're at speed wise and feel like we have the opportunity to, you know, to capitalize here in the next few weeks. Now, for the past few years, you've kind of been like the elder statesman of front row motorsports, having being that uh, figure that people look up to. What's that like? Do you enjoy uh, mentoring these young guys? Obviously, you got you got Todd, and now you got Zane for a few races this year. Do you like having that mentorship role? Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. Um, you know, I've always been a driver coach or an instructor and things like that so all that kind of comes naturally um you know so yeah i don't mind it at all it's not something that is bothersome to me and um you know we need the whole program to succeed and and run well and feel like todd's done a great job this year of closing the gap and that 38 group um, has gotten so much better so it's, it's been really cool to see um, and then, you know, just with Zane, it's tough because he's only in for a handful of cup races and it's hard to really, you know, uh, do a lot when you only have four or five of them, but try to help out as much as I can. And, um, obviously, you know, that truck team has been um, so strong the last couple of years and been crushing it. So, yeah, he doesn't need much coaching and we just uh, yeah, try to keep making our program better and better. You mentioned having Zane only for four to five races. Is it hard for you as a teammate having, okay, one week a guy got caught and, and, and in the car and then maybe a few weeks later I got Zane. Is that hard for you? Because like, I mean, you're with, usually you're with the same guy for the entire year. And then sometimes, especially this year, you're switching in and out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ideal from the uh, communication standpoint and development standpoint, but it's also not bad to have fresh eyes and fresh perspective and different look at things. So, you know, I don't really think about the things I can't control too much. I just try to make the most of the situations that are in front of me. And, um, and so, yeah, that, you know, we just, every week it's a little bit different, but, you know, for the most part, Todd's in the car and felt like he's built some really good momentum. Michael McDowell joins the program here. Obviously, it feels like for you, every year is a contract year for you. Uh, do you like that pressure? Do you enjoy having that pressure put on you each and every single year? 
um, I don't I don't think I know anything else. You know, the, that pressure doesn't really bother me. I I, I haven't ever been on a multi-year deal so um, that's just part of the sport it's a performance driven sport and uh, yeah so that doesn't bother me obviously your name's been in rumors to be among other rides what is that like for you as a driver obviously you're still here with front row but you obviously you try not to read into it that much but is that is it hard though that potentially you could be getting into better equipment um, no, I mean, I just don't really think about it just because of the fact that because you read it on the internet doesn't mean it's actually real. Um, I'm just focusing on getting the best results I can and, you know, winning and running up front is what makes everything better no matter what situation you're in. So I just focus on that. Last year you had Blake Harris. He moves over to Alex Bowman. This year you got a brand new crew chief. What what has that dynamic been like? And then how how long does does it take for you guys to have a good relationship where he knows your quirks, your your positives, what what you like, you don't like, and then you know his quirks, what he likes, and what he doesn't like. Yeah, I mean, I think that it takes some time. And, you know, you talked about not getting the results that we think we should have or maybe ought to. And, you know, part of that is it, not just because we have a new crew chief, but everybody on this 34 cars new this year. Oh, wow. And so anytime that you start off fresh like that, you're going to have execution issues. You're going to have uh, things pop up that, you know, everybody's getting used to the program and what everybody likes and how they do it and the processes and procedures. So, I'm not uh, rattled by that. I feel like Travis has done a great job. I think we have a good group. We have a young group uh, with not a ton of experience, but we have guys that are racers that want to run well. And um, you know, I'm pretty happy with how far along we've come along in just a short period of time with a brand new group. Now here at Sonoma, it feels like when we're talking about guys to watch for, your name always comes up when we go to a road course. Why is that? How? Why is your driving style so well adverse to left? and right turns. Yeah, just because my background before I got into NASCAR was all road racing, so it shouldn't be really much of a surprise. It's just, you know, I've been in NASCAR now for 16 years, so I'm a, I'm a NASCAR truck driver. I'm not a road racer by any means, um, <clears throat> but prior to being a NASCAR truck driver, that's what I did. So uh, these places, I have a lot of seat time, a lot of experience, a good feel for it. Uh, but really, it wasn't until the next Jeep car came around where I felt like I actually got to show what we were capable of. And lots of top fives last year through, of course, a couple shots at winning races. And hopefully this weekend will be no different. You mentioned that next-gen car is, ha- has the gap like, uh, shifted in order for every single team to win? Because it felt like last year, any team, probably top 20, top 25 could win. This year, it feels like maybe top 10. Has that gap shifted from last year to this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we see it. Uh, you know, the, the, the gap is definitely increased between a couple groups. Uh, but we all knew that that would happen, right? The best teams with the best people and the best budgets are always going to rise to the top. But I feel like this car still created a platform where we can be competitive week in and week out. Um, I think there's probably less opportunities than there were last year because there's not as many cars missing it, you know, missing the setup, missing direction of it. Everybody's buttoned up a lot better this year with a year of experience. So it's harder to win this year, but I do feel like the next year car's still doing what, what it's set out to do. 
last but not least, obviously the generic question, the expectations. What are they? Is it just to make the playoffs? Is it to uh, get more under your belt with this new next-gen car, even though you've had a year plus about it? Yeah. What What is the expectation for the, specifically for, the, for this team? Yeah, expectation is to win the race this year and get in the playoffs. That's the expectation. Once again, that was my interview with Mr. Michael McDowell. Big thanks to the guys at Front Row Motorsports, Mac McLeod, uh, for letting me have some time with Michael on Saturday. Big thanks to Mac, as always. I'm going to be joined by the guy that was also with me in Sonoma on Saturday and on Sunday, that being Mr. Danny Peters. Danny, the second half of the season is about to begin. Fox's portion of the season is done. NBC's portion has or is just about to start i should say and we are going to be heading to nashville a concrete 1.3 mile super speedway when you think of nashville super speedway what do you think i mean i was going to start with with the stats as you did you know a concrete d-shaped 1.33 mile oval it's the longest concrete track that we run obviously we, we don't run that many on the circuit but you know as as with other concrete tracks, you know, there's a need to lay down the rubber. So the traction compound will go down. We hope Goodyear brings a, a good tire. So, you know, I think that that's one thing that you want. You want the ability for those drivers to kind of move around a little bit. And the traction compound laying down the rubber should help. I think the full practice time should help a little bit as well. But I think when we look at the two races that we've had at Nashville so far, so First year, Kyle Larson uh, led a 264 of 300 laps in, you know, a Kyle Larson snoozer. Won it, you know, no one else was close. Uh, I think last year was 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 a much more exciting race. You had Hamlin leading 114 laps, Trex leading 82. He won both those stages. Kyle Busch led 54 laps and Chase led 42, including the last 39 to win it. So you had it spread around a little bit in terms of 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 that kind of of um, in terms of the way that the race played out. But I think it's interesting to see in year three. You know what what kind of race will we see? Will we see one guy run away with it? Will we see um, a, a, a more sort of parity type race? If it's not quite the right way to say it, but you know what I mean. I think another thing I'd say is that. With that off, right, you know, we don't have many off weekends this year. You know, the drivers just had an off weekend. Um, and I'm sure they'll be well rested and and, and kind of ready to go at a at really what, what's a great addition to the circuit. It's good that we're in a in a city like Nashville, one of America's kind of growing growing cities. And um I'm excited to see what the weekend brings. Couple guys to watch for for me. Obviously, you mentioned Chase Elliott took the lead, was battling with with uh, Kurt Bush with four laps to go last year. Um, and then pulled away for a second win of the season. First win being at Dover last year, which was also a concrete uh, mile track. This one a little bit more than a mile, 1.33, like he, like you said, Danny. Um, but all the Toyotas were very, very strong last year, so a couple guys to watch for there. Um, I won't have you pick yet. I'll have the keys to uh, the race as well as just guys to watch for right now so what are what are your going to be your keys to the race as well as uh, potential guys to watch for I expect we'll see what we've seen a lot of this year with the guys that have run well across the season continuing to run well so I would expect Kyle Larson to run well I would expect William Byron to run well 
uh, Martin Truex Jr. Again, Denny Hamlin, you know, some of these guys that we've seen kind of up front and contending for the wins across the year. So I, I would expect to see them then run well, run well, run well. Gosh, can't speak those <laughs> four letter words. Um, but you, you mentioned Chase and I think it's a, it, it, it's a great opportunity for Chase to pull himself back into contention after, you know, a stop start season with the injury with the suspension. But another guy I'm certainly going to be watching for this week is Ross Chastain. Um, he finished second there in the first race and fifth there last year. You know, there's a driver who needs a win, you know, for all his fine form this season. And he's had some races where he's been, you know, really lights out fast. He hasn't got it done. And it's going on, you can give me the stat, but I think it's going on a year now since his last year. Season over a year and you know this is a sport in which you've got to capitalize on your opportunities for victory and if you don't other teams can get faster and you know you know how the season changes across the course of 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 the year and so I think a track that he knows he runs well at um only him and Larson have top fives in both races um so he'll certainly be be one that that I'll be looking for this weekend Danny, before we get to our race picks, let's talk about the overall second half of the season. What are you going to be keeping your eye on um, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs and then closer and closer to the end of the season? I can't believe it's already halfway um, through the first half of the season. That's wild to me. I mean, I mean, technically, I mean, I'm not good at math, but I figure like your math is not your strong suit, but technically mm-hmm. it's like 16 rates, 20 to go, right? So technically we've got two to the halfway point, right? Danny, my- please. Right. Oh, well, come on. Does it, does it not work with a podcast soundbite? I, 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 I'd say it halfway because when Fox leaves, and comes in, so I'm just like, oh, well. But if you want to be politically correct or, or if you want to be punctually, punct- however you say it. There's I think you're reasons. looking for the word pedantic, I think is what you're looking for. I don't even know what that word means, but I'm going to say yes, sure. There's two races till the halfway point. So after Chicago, we will officially be halfway. Um, so when we're almost to the halfway point, what are you going to be looking at um, in the remaining 18 races um, left in the season? <laughs> you know, when a British person makes fun of you, it means they like you, right? Okay, it means they sure. like, That's why you made fun but, of me so much in Sonoma. Okay, now I feel better. Yeah. It's like when I go home and I go see the lads in the pub and I'm like, oh my goodness, they all hate me. Then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is just how we speak to each other back home. So a British person is super polite to you, probably means they don't like you. So just a little, you know, a British person that you know well anyway. But I mean, so so a couple of thoughts as we head into the second half of the season, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, it's 20 races, right? There are no off weekends between now yeah. and the end of the year. So I think what we're going to see is that pressure really starting to ratchet up without that release valve. I think we're going to start to see tempers rising. Um, and I think when you look at the schedule we've got coming up before the playoffs, it's a real it's a real mixed bag. We've got Nashville this weekend. You've got the street course in Chicago, which will be, you know, I no one knows what to expect there. You've got the two road courses, Watkins Glen and, and Indianapolis road course, hopefully for the last time. You've got the two restrictive, uh, the two plate tracks, Atlanta and Daytona. You've got two flat flat tracks in Loudoun and Richmond. You've got Pocono, which is always a track kind of all of its own anyway. And then you've got the super fast track of Michigan. So you've got a really diverse kind of schedule of tracks. And I think with 
you know, a, a new race at Chicago with, you know, Atlanta, Daytona with, you know, Indy, you know, another two road courses, you've got opportunities for drivers to, to win uh, that, that maybe haven't won. And I think that's another theme I think we'll see the second half of the season is, is this playoff desperation, right? Look at the drivers right now. So we have uh, 10 drivers with wins. Um, yeah. We have, uh, so drivers without wins, Chastain, Harvick, Chris Buescher, Keselowski, Bubba, Alex Bowman, Suarez. I'll, I'll throw an AJ as well. That's nine drivers um, who have not had a win. So I think you're going to see as the season kind of heads into that playoffs and those playoff positions tighten up, I think you're going to see some desperation. I think you're going to see some some wacky strategy to to for for drivers that desperately need the win. And then I think uh another couple of thoughts would be one I I do expect to continue seeing the parity that we've seen this season. You know, it hasn't there hasn't really been I know, you know, um Byron and who has three wins Kyle Busch has have three wins, but um you know, I, I think it's felt like that doesn't hasn't felt like in other seasons where there's one driver who's sort of felt like he's he's the guy hasn't felt like that this year. You know, it feels like any number of drivers could win the championship. So I, I expect to see that parity continue. I don't know if we'll end up with as many regular season winners as we did last season, but, you know, I certainly expect to see a few more. Um, and then just a, a, one, one final thought here as we we head into the second half of the season. You know, the 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 last twenty races for for Kevin Harvick, a you know an absolute legend of a driver. Um, I actually was at as part of the Sonoma celebrations. Was at uh, was shooting for for them a, um, a private event, and it was just a group of Harvick fans who got to kind of ask him some questions, maybe about 50 of them, but just to see the the passion that they have and, and all the different die casts that they had from over the years, you know, um, and, and just to hear him talk about, you know, the closure, the, the, that he's getting and the, the thrill that it was to run in the 29 car at the all-star race. And, you know, the, the opportunity he has as he kind of closes down a great career, you know, I think we'll see him, I'm sure we'll see him win. I, I hope we see him win. I'm sure we'll see, you know, and if he wins, he's he's making the playoffs. And I hope he has a good run. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a fairy tale ending for Harvick and a, and a second championship in his final season. It feels on the unlikely side, but but you never know. So I think those are those are some of the things that that I'll be be uh be watching for the second half. Danny? Last but not least, before we talk our final thoughts, who is winning the first race for the NBC portion of the schedule starting at Nashville, my friend? I think Martin Truex Jr. goes back to back for his third slash fourth race of the season, if you include the clash. Now, Chase Elliott won at Dover last year, won at Nashville. Who won at Dover this year? Martin Truex Jr. is a fantastic pick, but I'm going to go with the guy that I picked in Sonoma, did not get the job done, got a top five. Chase Elliott, I think, is going to go back-to-back, and I think he's going to get his first victory of the season, this being at Nashville, and he's going to clinch his spot in the playoffs. Mr. Peters, let's head into final thoughts and wrap it up, my friend. Checkered flag, here I come. Oh, no! It's a couple of final thoughts. One, I mean, I think we've had an okay first half of the season. 
think we've had some, you know, some really good races, Fontana, Kansas, you know, exciting races, but I think overall it's, it's felt a little lukewarm. I mean, um, I, I think we, we've had a, if you like a lukewarm, a slow start, I think we need a strong finish. I hope that we see, you know, a bunch of great races in the second half of the year and a really compelling run to the playoffs. And then, you know, really, as we look down at the very end of the season, um, clearly this car has struggled on the short tracks, you know, the short track package, you know, I know they tweaked it for this year. It hasn't really made much difference. We finish at Martinsville and at Phoenix, two short tracks. I hope there is something in the works, you know, be it the the tire that they use, what, whatever it might be, but something so that those two races are, are good races because it's sad to see races at a track like Martinsville, a track that I, I, I used to love when I first got into NASCAR, less exciting and you know we we need to have i think two great races to finish the season out so i guess those would be my final thoughts mr brian timothy dale <laughs> matthew mark luke and john nolan you're lucky i love you my goodness how how can i how, how can i start my final thought segment right after you said that um for my final thought segment i'm gonna go with a guy that I picked to win at Nashville. Technically, I picked to win at Sonoma, and he didn't, and now I'm picking to win at Nashville. It's the Chase Elliott storyline. Obviously, we saw him break his uh, leg or or his tibia, whatever it was, in the bot in the lower section uh, of his extremities in March. Was out for a while, came back, got suspended for wrecking Denny Hamlin on purpose. Now has to win to make the playoffs. He's got ten races to win it. He's got Nashville. He's very very good there. He got the unknown at Chicago, at Atlanta. He's won there before. New Hampshire. That's big unknown. Poconos unknown. Richmond seems to have uh run fairly well there and then you got michigan indy watkins Glen, daytona michigan being the outlier and then you got two road courses and he's fantastic at road courses however everybody else is getting more fantastic at road courses too i mean he has not won in this new next gen car at a road course sure he's getting top fives sure he's 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 up there but he can't seal the deal now will he um there's more there's a better chance that he will than he won't because got i mean let's see one two three four you got five out of ten chances that he's really really good at will it surprise me if he doesn't make the playoffs a little bit yeah does nascar want that to happen of course not he is their money maker and they're going to do anything in their power to help him get that done i'm not saying it but if he doesn't make it it's going to be massive a massive loss for nascar their money is going to go down, whether they want to admit it or not. Whether we, I, oh, Garrett, go for it. Danny. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's that's a really interesting point. You know, does, and I was just thinking as you said it. You know, you do want him in the playoffs, but I think also you want him on the track. You know, we saw the numbers go down when he wasn't racing. So even if he's not in the playoffs, his fans are still going to show up to see him, and fans will still tune in in the hope that he can win. But I, I just wonder, you know, like. Drivers have long drive like Chase is going to have a, a long and, and very successful Hall of Fame career. And maybe just this season is that season that it's just all not going to work out for him, you know, and next season he'll be back. Normal service resumed, you know, that it does happen in the course of drivers careers, especially when they they have long careers that they, they will have bad seasons. They will have seasons where they they don't win, I guess, unless you're Kyle Busch. But um, 
you know, it, it does happen. So I think that's a really interesting point. How important is it that Chase makes the playoffs for NASCAR? How significant is that? And like you say, you would think a lot, um, but maybe also not too, just so long as he's on track and so long as he's relevant. That's 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 really important as well. Danny, before we let you go, my friend, what are you going to be cooking up on frontrich.com? Uh, promote your social handle handles and then uh any final words before we depart buddy you know i actually just looked and i i have a column due next week and i have no idea what to write about <laughs> so um i need to come up with something super super smart super intelligent perhaps you can text me some some great ideas i'm sure you have like a like, like a list of great ideas but um yeah just just last thought it was it was strange this past weekend not to have nascar and especially kind of coming off the back of a weekend where you and I were there and, you know, you really live those race weekends in a way that you, you don't in this quite the same way when you're just watching on TV and following along on Twitter. So, so it felt very, very strange last Sunday, not, not to have um, a race. So I'm, I'm excited for them to, to fire up that. Well, not to have a cup race, I should say, I'm sorry. Um, I'm excited for them to get going again this weekend. I'm excited for the second half of the season. I'm excited to see who's going to run for a championship. Maybe maybe that's what I should write about. Who, who Who's my final four? Hey, I would still read it. Then again, I would read anything that you put on, on the website, frontstretch.com. We got so much great content for you there. Also, our YouTube page is blowing up, youtube.com slash frontstretch. You can watch the video in which Danny Peters called me 19 named Nolan. All of that is on our YouTube channel. Once again, youtube.com slash frontstretch. Danny, thank you so much, buddy. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Brian. Good to see you, mate. Likewise, buddy. For Danny Peters, I am Brian Timothy, 19 names Nolan. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we're going to be having, I think, Stephen Stump on if not next week we'll have him on the week after um but we're going to be recapping nashville and previewing the first ever chicago street course that's going to be something but uh for danny peters i'm brian nolan thank you so much talk with you next week